0: Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast, a weekender. What do you know about the Winnipeg Wolfpack? It's an all-women's football team, part of the Western Women's Canadian Football League. I talked to their captain on the sports show. Also, many of the best rhythmic gymnasts in the prairies will be in Winnipeg this weekend. If you want something different to go check out, you want to hear this interview with Laura Thomas, the executive director of Manitoba Rhythmic Gymnastics, and The Power Parlay. What are we going to bet on this weekend? Well, we found something because we are degenerates. That's on the podcast. Did you know that there is a women's football league in Western Canada? Yes, the Western Women's Canadian Football League is the largest women's tackle football program in Canada. We have two teams in Winnipeg. The Manitoba Fearless and the Winnipeg Wolfpack. Captain of the Wolfpack is Muba. Ely Laboye, and she joins us now. Muba, how long have you been playing with the Wolf Pack?
1: Uh, I've been playing with the Wolf Pack for, this will be my fourth season that I'm going into.
0: And before you came to the Wolf Pack, what was your football experience?
1: Uh, oh, before I started with the Wolfpack, I my football sp- experience was very, very minimal. Um, I had, you know, played basketball my whole life. I played it since I was about 12 years old and um I went to bomber games and that was pretty much it. You know, I didn't really know that female tackle football was a thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, other than, you know, watching, watching bomber games or going to the games of the stadium, I, I had no experience otherwise.
0: What was it about, I guess, football that drew you into it?
1: Um, to be honest, like at the time when I was, when I first started with the Wolfpack, um, uh, because I had been playing basketball for so long, I was just like, you know, I want to, I want to try something new. I want to branch out a little bit. Um, and with basketball, the season is September to um, March-ish. Um, so I was just like, oh, I'm not really doing anything in the summer. I was playing slow pitch, but you know, you're not, you're not super, super active in slow pitch. Um, so I was like, I want to, I want to try something new. So um, one of uh, our former players where her and I had, um, you know, worked together in the past through sport, and she was like, you know, I think you'd you'd be a really good fit for for this sport. Um, you're really athletic, and I, you know, you should just come to one of our, the practices um, and and try it out. And um, yeah, I so I, I kind of thought about, about it for a little while, and then I was just like, you know, what, what what could it hurt? You know, if I don't like it, then I just don't play. Um, so I went to you know that first practice, and I ca- kind of stood on the sidelines watching people. And it was really daunting at first because, you know, everybody just seemed like they knew, knew what they were doing. Um, but then, you know, one of the coaches like just was like, Hey, come in, like come into this drill. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. And I was, I remember he was, he was about to, he was throwing me the football. And even though I played sports my whole life, like I know that in general you're supposed to catch the ball or whatever, but in that moment, my brain totally froze. And I was just like, what am I doing? I don't, should I catch it? Should I let it drop? I had no idea. Excuse me. So um yeah, so I, I you know, went to a couple of practices, kind of like met some people, and I think the thing that drew me into the team was not even just being able to play, you know, a new sport and some learn something new. It was that everybody on the team was so inviting and welcoming. Like I knew nothing about football, literally nothing. Uh, and, you know, if I asked a question, it wasn't met with, like, glares or, like, rolling eyes. I was like, yeah, like, okay, this is what you do. X's and O's. Like, this is how you do it. This is how your, like, footwork should be, or this is where you should stand, or how you should stand. And so I think it's honestly the pack, the people that I play with, is what drew me into the sport.
0: What position do you play?
1: Uh, I play defensive end.
0: Okay, so you don't need to catch the football then.
1: No, I don't need to catch football. No, not anymore. Well, that was like the first time I was on the field with them. So, I after you know a couple practices, they're like, "We want you on defense." So, I've been there since. Yeah.
0: What's the age range of the players?
1: 16 and up. So we have people as young as 16 helping out, um, playing with us. We have, a, I think, seven, a couple 17 year olds, and then we have people up to you know in their mid 30s, late 30s, coming to play. Um, we have this one rookie actually this year who. Their son had played and plays now, and she was just like, it's my time to do it. And so she, her son, I think, is maybe 15 or 16, and she's like, I want, I want to try something now. I want to try playing this sport. So our, our age range is all over the place.
0: Why is it important to have this option for women who want to play football, something that traditionally hasn't really existed?
1: Um, I think it's important because, I mean, we see in sport that, you know, sport's across the board is pretty male-dominated and you see it more with certain sports than others but i think with football it kind of gives women a a new platform to kind of just have their voices heard and, and show that we you know can compete and we um you know we we are able to go out there and get get that get the work done right so um i think that's extremely important uh in women's sport in general and i always uh compare you know football to like where we are with football to um women's hockey where you know 30 or 40 years ago you know women's hockey wasn't really a thing it get started to get its start and now it's an olympic sport so i mean i don't know what that will look like for football in 20 30 40 years but i mean my hope is that you know eventually we'll be playing we'll have college teams that are women's all all women's or high, like full-on high school teams that are all women's and that the sport will continue to grow and grow
0: so you play in the Western Women's Canadian Football League. How many teams are in that league?
1: Uh, there are eight teams across Manitoba, uh, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. So four in Alberta, and then two in Saskatchewan, and two in Manitoba. Okay.
0: Is that growing?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, in in the WWCFL, I think like we, we've had the same eight teams, I feel like, on and off for the last, I want to say, we're in 2019 now, so I think eight or nine years. Um, but I, I feel like... As you know, there's, there's a lot of younger girls teams that are starting to like get more and more um, players and more and more interest in it. So I think like over time, there is definitely an opportunity for it to grow. We could be in, at 10 teams in maybe two years and then like 15 teams in another five years. You know, we, the, the, I feel like the possibilities are really uh, open and endless.
0: So your preseason practices begin pretty soon coming up at the start of February. And that is that yeah. something where anyone could come out and try out?
1: Yeah, 100%. So, um, we don't have our registration until the last week of February. So between now and pretty much that last week and even into that last week, uh, we have open practices, um, to any and all interested female athletes ages 16 plus. So, um, and that, and that's not like, you know, if you, if you've played before like me, I, I literally started two weeks before, you know, our first game in 20, I think it was 2016. Um, and, you know, I had no experience. And so like the thing that's really awesome about football is that literally, unlike any other sport, there's actually a position for anybody. If you're tall, if you're short, if you're big, if you're small, if you're fast, if you're slow, there's literally a position for you. So I would encourage all women who just want to try something new, who want to find, you know, a new community of people to hang out with and a new family, which is what we call ourselves. We call ourselves a family. Um, If you're looking for just a new experience overall and just you know, want to do something outside of, you know, your usual routine, then definitely come out to one of our our uh, practices.
0: Well, Muba, I appreciate you taking time to talk about this tonight. And yeah, be- best of luck through uh, the season, I suppose. And uh, hopefully people come out and at least give it a shot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody's interested, um, you can visit winnipegwolfpack.com to learn more about um, the group, or you can check out Winnipeg Wolfpack on uh, Facebook as well. That's just a couple ways that you can get in touch with us.
0: Muba Ely Laboye of the Winnipeg Wolfpack. Appreciate her joining us tonight. If you're looking for something different maybe to do this weekend, many of the best rhythmic gymnasts in the prairies will be competing at the U of M. Laura Thomas, the executive director of Manitoba Rhythmic Gymnastics, explain the elite Manitoba competition.
2: So it's going to be uh, the last or the first opportunity for our gymnasts to compete before they go to the uh, national team tryouts.
0: Okay. And how many gymnasts will be participating in this?
2: We're expecting about 130 gymnasts, about 95 from Winnipeg and 35 from out of province.
0: Okay. For those who may not know, explain what rhythmic gymnastics is in a nutshell.
2: Uh, It combines the elements of like ballet, gymnastics, dance, and apparatus manipulation. So they can expect high levels of flexibility and hand-eye coordination.
0: Okay. So are there objects involved in this?
2: Yeah. The gymnasts compete with hoop balls, clubs, ribbons, and ropes. And they also do like acrobatic free routines.
0: So it's going to be some pretty impressive stuff.
2: For sure. We have a lot of high-level gymnasts right now. So it's a really good time to come come catch some rhythmic gymnastics.
0: What's the age range of uh, those participating?
2: Starting at 7 years old, and then they probably go up to about 18 years old. Some of our highest-level gymnasts are about 16, 17 years old, so they're balancing high school and also trying to get a spot on the national team and do some competitions internationally.
0: And how do uh, gymnasts from Manitoba generally fare when it comes to the national level?
2: On the past national team, we only had one gymnast make it. But at the last Canadian Championships, we actually had four gymnasts make it to the high performance level. So we're really hoping that at Elite Canada, in about three weeks, that the gymnasts fare well. And we hope that we can get those four gymnasts onto the national team.
0: So there are uh, how many competitive clubs in Winnipeg?
2: There's four competitive clubs in Winnipeg. Argo, Sapphire, the Rhythmic Royals, and HPTC International.
0: Okay. And you've got, again, that same range of uh, participants. Is it mostly girls, all girls? Are there any men in this?
2: At this competition, it's all girls, but we do have some men that do rhythmic gymnastics recreationally.
0: Okay. What names should people be aware of in terms of uh, kind of stars in the field here?
2: We have a senior Canadian champion. Grace Francis, she competes with HPTC International. She is our top-ranked senior going into this competition based off her performance at the Canadian Championship. And then our other goodness to watch would be Samantha Files. She's the 2018 Canadian Junior Champion, and she's going for her final year of junior competition, so we're expecting some pretty good things out of her.
0: So if people want to come out and see this, uh, where and when is it happening?
2: It's at Max Bell Center this weekend at the James Daly Fieldhouse. It's uh, 9 a.m. to 6.20 on Saturday and 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sunday.
0: All right, perfect. Well, Laura, I appreciate your time tonight, and uh, best of luck this weekend. (laughs) Thanks so much. What could we possibly bet on this weekend in the Power Parlay? Philly and Joe from Power Mornings? I don't know. Let's find out. So uh, we will go through quickly the, what we bet on last week. The conference championships, two amazing games. Yeah, mm-hmm. long games. Interesting. Uh, with very talked about finishes. Mm. Oh, the yeah, The Kansas City Chiefs looked like they were going to cover, and then D Ford lined up offside. Dang. And then
3: is that the most Patriots thing that could possibly happen? I couldn't decide what was more Patriots: the phantom pass, uh, 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 roughing the passer on Brady that we're still looking for. We've got the Zapruder film out looking for what exactly constitutes... Uh, uh, roughing well, the pass around That Brady. was on
0: like second down, and it was in their own end. They still had to drive the whole field to get that touchdown. Don't get logic in the way of my <laughs> the the hate, hate bouncing of the ball. Did it actually touch Edelman? There was that Chris Hogan catch. That's there what I'm saying. so many little things that go the Patriots'
3: way. It leaves you saying they will never lose. Brady will look like Gandalf. He'll be 104, and they'll be going to Super Bowls. They will never lose. Maybe in the Super Bowl. They actually lose
0: in the Super Bowl
4: sometimes. Um, I took New England <laughs> in you that did. game. Yes.
0: Joe, you did. Yes, it is. <laughs> Let's get to the facts. We all got the Saints wrong. <laughs> However, we all should have pushed because we had them by three. Yeah. And if there wasn't for an unbelievably awful missed call, probably what? the worst ever.
3: One of the worst calls I've seen in my generation of watching we're football. We're
0: watching it live, and you, you, I'm sure you thought, oh, it's a penalty. And then you're like, Where, where's the flag?
3: Which penalty
4: are you calling? Are you calling the helmet to helmet, or are you calling the pass interference? Because there there's actually two yeah, different two penalties, and they missed both. So, do you think right there. I don't that know. gentleman right there uh, will ever see uh, another NFL football game from that close? Never.
3: The ref? Yeah, he's done. He won't get any big games no. anymore, you think. Big or games. He'll, how do they do it's, that? It's a they part-time job. Them?
0: Yeah, I don't know, because the guys working these late playoff games yeah. are the, the best, best of the best. best. And the weird thing is they don't put the whole crews together that were the crews no. during the season. That was kind of like an all-star crew. Yeah. And oftentimes we see weird calls in the playoffs. In both these games, there were some
3: interesting
0: yeah. calls but we got rams and we got the patriots we'll get to that next week but uh there's the Navo game room ad where they they talk about uh oh, dave doesn't know yet but there's no sports on tonight yeah so what i'm feeling right now with the nhl off they got the pro bowl this weekend we're going to dig deep for the picks this week yeah so. we, hey
3: we don't sleep there might not be much sports but we're still going to put together never ends yes no that's
4: true I have international ping pong I'm going to look at. No. Uh,
3: My bet
0: is not far off from that.
4: (laughs) Okay. Well, it's good. We'll save it. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, AFC-NFC, of course, NFL Pro Bowl game because, hey, that's hard-hitting action. And uh, right now, believe it or not, the Las Vegas Oddsmakers have the game as a pick them. Wow. It's almost
0: like it doesn't matter.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Two o'clock Sunday afternoon looking forward to it. Uh, I'm no going to give the nod to uh, the NFC.
0: Can you name anybody that's on that? No.
4: Okay. No, I'm just guessing. <laughs> it's a 50-50 coin flip.
0: Just I will like say this safe. much. We, we knock the Pro Bowl. Everyone rails the Pro Bowl. More people will watch that game than sure. will watch Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. They'll watch oh, Game yeah. 7 of the NBA Final. Yeah, true. Yeah. They'll watch Game 7 of the World Series. It's a meaningless exhibition football game, and it still draws monsters. NFL. Because of the NFL. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
4: I can hardly wait for Ebersol's league to start up, really. Get this <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs>
3: out of the way. The, a-
0: the American <laughs> Alliance footballer, the
3: half. Yeah. Yes. That's funny that Ebersol and McMahon, the two former partners in the XFL, yeah, both yeah. have leagues coming out. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. we'll
0: see how long they last, over exactly. under two and a half years.
3: <laughs> okay, well, that's another <laughs> bet. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go to the NBA. I used to play NBA all the time on pro line, and there's some decent odds. if you. F- and then you had kids and you couldn't afford yeah, it anymore. Exactly. I've spent enough money on gambling. But for the power parlay, I'll visit the NBA. Minnesota's at Utah. The Jazz favored by nine and a half points. These teams basically have the same record. I I, like very similar records. How how is Utah nine and a half point favorite? So I'm going to take Minnesota to cover
0: against you in Utah. Okay, I'm a Timberwolves fan. They are uh, kind of hard to watch because you think they're going to be better than what they actually are. They They got the players. Big win at LA last night, but they didn't have LeBron. Yeah, they've got good talent, but they play teams close. So I could understand if that one is like a five point win for Utah.
4: And NBA is such a home
0: league, right? Home courts advantage Huge. matters usually quite a bit yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to head down under for my pick Australian, this The Australian Open tennis tournament.
4: No, no, I understand. It's, <laughs> all, it's on all. Who well,
3: you taking? Is Genie Bouchard still in it?
0: She <laughs> lost in the second round <laughs> to Serena Williams in like 50 minutes. It yeah. was rough. Uh, so there's the women's final, the men's final. The men's final is going to be great. It's Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal. The odds on that one are a little bit in Djokovic's favor, but I'm going to go to the women's final. Okay. Which is tomorrow morning. A lot of the money is going on Petra Kvitova. I'm going to put it on Naomi Osaka at eight to seven odds, slightly in her favor because she won the last major. She won the U.S. Open. She could be the next star. She beat Serena, didn't she? Or minutes. she
3: almost. And then there. Was, so was she beat her? Serena
0: in the U.S. Open final, okay. and when Serena mm-hmm. kind of melted down on the court, uh, she didn't have to beat Serena in this tournament because Serena got knocked out before she got to Osaka. So I'm just going to go with my gut. I don't feel great about it, but it's just she's the underdog. Yeah. If I'm going to put money on an underdog, I'll do it on Osaka because I think Djokovic is going to take care of Nadal. Okay. So I want to put money on an underdog. So there's your tennis breakdown, guys. Is uh, Chris
3: Everett Lloyd still
0: playing? She was good. She's actually a great color commentator. Yeah, Yeah,
3: She is. That's right. Now,
4: if it really comes this deep into gambling, we might have to question (laughs) picking up another hobby.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's all for the power parlay.
4: Absolutely.
0: Well, there's the confidence we have in our picks this week. Yes, we have the Pro Bowl. We have a random Minnesota-Utah basketball game and the Australian Open Women's Championship. Wow. Maybe just sit this one out this weekend. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mel and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes. Not available on Google Podcasts. Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.